Do you guys think we could? Do you guys think we could pull off a pull off a caper? Like I've always said, we need to do more capers. <laughs> yeah, no, you have. Have, said have that. I always said that? <laughs> yeah, you have. You You know what? Fuck intros. Uh, let's just get right to it. I w- had some barbecue pork. I've always said today. that. Mm-hmm. Episode three, starring Keith McNally, a Squid Pod Joel, and me, um, Mike. Joe. But normally I go by Mike. But now for the since uh, this is I've always said that, which is the classier show. Right. I am now going by the Michael. Ooh, not just Michael, the Michael. Very nice. I approve of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Anyway, I. Uh, I I had some uh, barbecue pork on rice on my way here, and traditionally, as as the Chinese do, they give you a fortune cookie at the end of it. Oh, very nice. Anyway, in the fortune cookie, there were two fortunes. Hmm. And let me just read this. That, to that you. alone is good fortune, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but since so, one since is already fortune, is two like bad luck? I think three is good luck, nine is amazing luck, and four is not good luck. So right. two is just fine. Okay. Cool. Okay, the first one says, it's time to help a friend in need. Mm. Keith? Oh. Yeah, too late, yeah. Brad. Just lent me money. Ah, oh, damn well, it. We, we also we gave Keith free beer. Oh, you did? Uh, I so? didn't pay for this. And Cheers. This, awesome. to, to my Cheers. destitution. Woo. And the second one is, it's time to help a friend in need. <laughs> <laughs> so both of them <laughs> Leave your wife. Are, are really, really telling me something. So Keith, what can I do for you today? Well, I've had a lot of existential angst since getting back from New York. It's been a much harder transition than uh, it has ever been. Going from New York, where everybody knows me from Keith and the Girl, and it's just party time and a room full of 50 people. That It really is It's the ultimate social situation. It's like being a hot chick but without people being intimidated by the fact that you're a hot chick and not wanting to rape you in an alleyway. It's just people just happy to see you. And and some of them want to rape you in an alleyway. I've never really had sure. that experience. I guess you would get that, like, if you, like, moved away and then you came back to visit your friends, like, everyone's super excited to see you and talk to you. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's really... Yeah. It's, it's just, it's like magic. It's crazy. It's just like I can go from... Because I think we've all, uh, I don't know, but Mr. Social Joel over here, yeah. but me and you, Mike, like, yeah, we, I think, uh, tend to shrink away from social stuff a lot, or it's like an effort, you know, yeah. to, to go out and do shit. So just the switch over to absolute effortlessness where I can just decide who I want to hang out with and everybody wants to see me and hot chicks are talking to me and touching me and all this fucking great shit. This sounds amazing. Then to come back to Toronto and just go back to my little just working away at my own weird little projects that never seem to really take off and having absolutely no money to the point where I can't even go to a coffee shop to work on stuff because I can't pay for a coffee. Man, talk about depressing. (laughs) It has been sucky since I got back. Help me, Joel. (laughs) Twice. Okay, okay. Um, Well, I'm sorry, Mike, you were going to say something? Uh, Just along what you said about how it must be what it's like to be a hot girl. And I guess I was thinking about it, and I guess I do have kind of that experience when we went to New York last year. Right. And Long Shlong Sean was like, he knew us from our podcast, and he was like super excited. And a few people were like, oh, it's you. It's like, I remember know you, and they, especially him because he bought us, like, he was buying us drinks and all the time and stuff. But you know what? I don't know how girl, uh, girls seem to be very, most, more often than not, happy to have drinks bought for them. Right. It makes me a little uncomfortable. Oh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I, don't I don't like people buying stuff for me. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Man, when we got Just, to New York, so me and Matt went to the first uh, Keith and the Girl meetup thing before Hemda's live show. And we were sitting there for like a couple minutes, and I was just about to go buy some beer. And then, what was this girl's name? Some chick from Poughkeepsie came over and was like, you guys want beer? Bought us a pitcher? I was like, nice. <laughs> I thought maybe it had been too long, because for any listeners not familiar with Keith and the Girl, I was on that show in like 2008. It's been a while. I'm like... Is my internet fame too low? But nope. And then from there, it was great. People buying me shit. Well, it's funny because you, you've got a very, very niche internet fame. Couldn't be more niche. So it's like... It's a niche of a niche. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's it's one podcast that, uh, you know, they were one of the early ones. Like, I, I would say if you knew about podcasting in 2005, you knew about Keith and the Girl. Yeah. 
But if you know about podcasting now, you probably don't. Right. And yeah, anyone, like, like, and they've made a pretty good empire for themselves. But if they were to start podcasting today, they, they wouldn't have a chance in this world. In this world, I yeah, don't think. It seems just, unlikely, yeah. It's just inundated with like celebrities. <laughs> They'd be us. Yeah. <laughs> to have like their, their small little group. but And they're great, but I just it's just it's going to be hard to compete with people that have already established like the Kevin Smiths of the world and stuff. So let's break this down. How how do we... Uh... Well, you did mention something to me, Joel, last time we were talking that I thought was a pretty good idea as far as just getting out of the house and seeing people because I don't have a job right now, so just like interacting with others and stuff is uh, you mentioned like a painting course. I think that's an okay idea because I don't yeah. want to do... Like, like Mike, you've been doing comedy classes, but I feel like I'm way too headstrong for that. I'm just like, don't fucking tell me what I, how to do comedy. Like, I just don't think I would... I mean, like that one time I was at Mike's show and we went to the after party and just the idea that there were comedy teachers just bugged me so bad <laughs> that I couldn't help bringing it up and it turns out one of them was standing right there. You're talking to him. <laughs> and specifically about his girlfriend who was my teacher. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't care, but I felt bad that I was like, oh man, like may maybe making Mike look bad that he brought these jerk-off friends in. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but, maybe a little bit, but yeah, I mean... With with improv, it's like they don't teach you how to be funny. You, if you have to be funny, you're born that way. No one can be taught to be funny or not. Right. They just teach you the rules of improv, which there are a lot of. But uh, but it, it taught me about myself just that one little evening that I'm like, yeah, I don't think I would. I would make it my business to be a third wheel, as Homer would say. Like I just don't think I would. Well, like I, I I have to do something I really don't know how to do, and painting is a good one. I like painting, but I don't know anything about it. Like that's, yeah, and that's a good place to start. And also, uh, I think. I think doing those like dumbass like macrame for singles or whatever those courses are it's a good idea just because you know everybody's there to meet somebody right so it's it's like it's part of the agenda it's part of the uh, curriculum as it were you know and if you don't meet somebody then at least you learn how to paint you know yeah yeah because even like I'm I like writing a lot but I don't know I couldn't see like writing workshops and stuff because again it's like I know how to do it yeah you just I don't drink wanna... and then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I would just be faking it yeah like just sitting there trying to I don't know I don't even know so, okay, so we've identified problem number one, which is your world is currently, your world is a, a bunch of dudes uh, who are in various state of uh, employment and unemployment, of various states of high and not high. Yeah, it seems um, particularly like, uh, you know, uh, New York is like... Well, when I lived there, it wasn't that fun, but just going to visit, like, it was, like, widescreen. And then I came back to Toronto, and it's old-school TV. I just feel boxed in. It feels lame. It's just, like... Holy shit, dude. There's a girl. I can watch her. I'm watching her undress. What? Really? Look. Come here. Come here. <laughs> oh, you're missing it. Oh, she's she's clothed now. What the fuck oh, are you talking just, about? Oh, you see her, dude? Yeah, it's here, in the mirror. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's reflecting off the, the bathroom mirror in the girl's bathroom mirror. Uh, no, it's that hallway mirror. Holy shit. Oh, she, no. I don't see her oh, anymore. Out of frame, out of frame. Uh, damn it. Oh, damn, what, what did you... Uh, I see an oh, arm. I see oh. an arm. Ah. I see a... Is that a bra? What is going on? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Because we're outside of the bar, I should mention. Stand up. <laughs> She's oh. still removing clothing. I can see it. That's ridiculous. Okay, so... That happened. Problem solved. <laughs> now I feel better. So, peeping Tom. The world is still magical. She's, it's, in, it's, in, it's wide open. This is, this is a common area that she's in. <laughs> like, every time you say anything, we look and she's not there. No, 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 I don't see her anymore. I'm no. just common. Well, she, uh, she's probably like, there's nobody up here. I'm just gonna, you know... Change my sports Holy bra. Holy shit, I see her bra. Yeah, she's in her bra, dude. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Some dude's in the way now. Yeah, that's... No, well. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Wow. <laughs> I'm still looking, so I, I might be distracted until this situation resolves itself. That's fine. This, this is, is the best audio. <laughs> I think that will actually be more interesting than my existential problems. Because, yeah, okay, um... I don't know, well, that's one thing, is in a weird, dumb way, I'm, like, very comfortable in Toronto. We got this little vinyl countdown thing going. I got an apartment that I like. But 
I don't know. I feel like this is like time to move is what I've been feeling. This is like what I would normally do, I think, in this situation. So then I'm thinking like, well, I should at least get a job one time. <laughs> Try that in Toronto. But does that, I think that says something about my mindset also that it's like uh, when people get really happy right before they commit suicide and it seems like they're getting better but it's only because the weight has lifted off them that they've decided to commit suicide that they're in a better in better spirits i would get a job because i'm this close to toronto suicide wow okay <laughs> isn't that weird that's what yeah, i that is weird. jobs with. okay but uh <laughs> like if i still lived on that couch where i lived last year i'd be out of here it's just but i'm like man this apartment is too sweet and i like living here and like i don't want to make new friends again because that sucks well okay what's now i i was gonna ask a stupid question like what's your aversion to uh getting a job but uh well that's the other thing man is like I, I really think this is total, like, this generation of privilege that we live in. This is, like, a problem no generation has ever had. But I really feel like it's just a total failure if I get a normal job, if I just work at a fucking, you know, a fruit stand or a coffee shop or something. Like, it's it's just... So you, oddly enough, you are a millennial. Right. Uh, uh, you're not, but but uh, but your mindset right now is uh, is that of a millennial. See, I think like not for just the money side of it. Like if you got a job at like a fruit stand or a coffee shop, but I, I think psychologically, I think just having a job and and maybe it's more subliminal, but just feeling like you're a contributing member to society, you have something to do, you have a, a place, a, a purpose in the world, kind of. I think. I think that is probably more valuable even than the money you might get at, like, a fruit stand I, I would agree. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'm sure that's true. But on the other hand, I feel like if I don't... I mean, it's been this whole, like, you know, my grandparents had to work super hard and then my parents had to work kind of hard and now I'm at the point where I don't really even have to work. Mm -hmm. So if I don't make use of all of this idle time and my ability to just tinker around and work on arty projects and self-fucking, uh, what's the word, like... Flagellate? Uh, mas uh, masturbation? Yeah. Is the, uh... Like, in a way, I mean, the older generations had a harder life in the sense that they had harder jobs, but we have a harder life in the sense that if we don't use our minds to make something great or then we've failed. Like, that's what we're supposed to do. No, and, and this is the weird thing is because, like, I think that I've had, uh, and, and maybe because I'm older and maybe I've missed that gap, but, like, I feel like I've been working forever, you know, because I, like, I was uh, out of the house at 17 fucking delivering pizzas while I was still in high school kind of thing, and I just never stopped working, really. Like, I even worked through college. Like, I... I know some people are lucky enough that they don't have to work uh, while they're in school, but uh, so I can't say that I understand completely because I like I've always been doing dumb arty projects, but I've been doing them after hours, right? Like after my eight-hour day or whatever. And, and just because we're working doesn't mean that we're not creating awesome things with our mind. We're just getting paid for it. But you guys at least still have jobs that aren't like working at a damn coffee shop. Well, yeah, no, I no, guess, but, I guess that's but I did work, uh, like I worked a, a ton of jobs that were retarded. Like it took me a long but time. But when you were 32? Yeah, no, not when I was 32. But See, I'm, but I'm, I'm, out, of the, I'm out of the zone where it's normal, you know? I, I don't know if you are still keeping up with your plan from before, but I feel like you, A, have the ability to do to live this lifestyle, which I couldn't, and probably a lot of people can't, so you can, and you were doing this thing where every day you would write some of your book, you'd have like a list of things you would do every day, so I think that's the best way to do it, you're still creating, you're not just playing video games all day, so you're not right. like a scumbag deadbeat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I no good video That's supposed game to be players. a compliment. <laughs> I tried to force myself to play some video games the other day, and I just can't. I just can't do it. I just don't care enough about no, that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking, like, uh, I have a friend of mine who is, uh, he's a he's a career artist now but until he kind of got his big break and started like making enough money to quit his day job he was doing shit like uh he worked at a laundromat in montreal and he like he worked dumb dumb jobs that were not his thing but they didn't require any of his brain power because he was using all his brain power 
you know, on ARC, basically. Well, I think I would have jobs like that if I needed them. Like, the only difference here is just that my parents will pay my rent because that's all one of these jobs would be, really, is just a way to pay the rent. That's already covered. Like. But, but, but can't, you, uh, can't you double dip? Like, can't you uh, have your parents pay your rent and work a, a, a little part-time job? Yeah, I guess so, sure. You know, like, because I mean, I think for you, like, you're you're so unsure about a career path that yeah. right now you would just have a job, right? That's what I was just thinking along those lines. It's like if someone was to ask you right now the classic interview question, where do you see yourself in five years? Would you still be doing this? Would you expect like what do you think? What's your do you have a plan? No. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. Is now that I'm in my 30s, like it's getting to the point now where it's like, why would I work at a coffee shop when I could open a coffee shop? But yeah. but then that's that's a real big thing. Like, do I really want to do that? But then, I mean, my question is like, what are you doing otherwise? Right. You know, like I would. That's true. <laughs> you know, that's like definitely true. <laughs> like if you were writing your novel. Or if you were, um, if you were so dedicated to one thing, and uh, and it was like you were just going for it, and your parents were paying your rent, and it's just because this thing that you're working off is so gonna fucking pay off, then I could totally understand you just perpetually doing this. And I think the reason why it's coming to a head while you're questioning this is because you don't have that one thing. Yeah. You got a, you got a, like you got a lot going on. It's just, it's, it's varied and diverse, right? Also, yeah. And your, your grandmother is over a hundred right now. Yeah. So, I mean, your inheritance could be 50 years away. (laughs) Not that you're looking forward to your parents dying, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that won't be anytime soon. But I mean, what would I do with it anyway? I don't need money. Yeah, but I mean, if you if say you want to become like an entrepreneur of some kind and like open up your own shop somewhere, and your parents would be willing to help you with that, maybe that's like a, a good goal. Yeah, I remember. Well, me, Craig, and uh, other Keith were talking once about opening a bar because we got basically we got Keith's a good bartender. Craig just hates his job and wants to get out of it. And uh, I have parents with money. <laughs> we have all the things we would need. But the more I think about it, it's like a minimum five-year plan, more like a ten-year plan. And it's just like, whew, that's that's rough, man. Well, I mean, that's that that's the thing. But then, I don't know. I think about how fast five years went for me when I would, you know, said, oh, I, I'm going to move to Toronto and see what happens. Right. And that was five years ago, and you know, yeah, here I am now. I've got way too much skin in the game, so it's it's in a way I'm a bad person to talk to because I'm like, uh, you know, going to be two kids into it, and uh, you know, now I'm I'm glued to any fucking job forever now. I honestly don't even know how to get a job anymore. I mean, on any level. Like the other day, I was on Craigslist just looking at jobs. And it's just like, need a new fucking person at Jack Astor's and fuck. <laughs> like, really? Like, what the fuck? Hey, yeah, Carl, uh, my friend Carl's looking, he's trying, always trying to find a job in Toronto. And like, as, as uh, low level as like dishwasher. And like, he says like, you know, every posting for dishwasher says like minimum two years experience. Wow, really? been washing dishes a long time but not professionally you know yeah that's that way at coffee shops too they want like three years at anything that's halfway cool but you know what that's i mean that's all bullshit i mean i know because like right now i'm in the middle of a hiring process i don't want to get too into it but uh, i'm going on paternity leave and i need to hire a designer to, to replace me and there are so many designers who are well number one they're not designers i don't know what the fuck they're doing and how they're getting paid um because the the shit they're showing is some of the most eye-bleedingly terrible stuff i've ever seen but but also a lot of them don't have a clue how to apply for a, a visual job where i don't give a fuck about your resume your resume is the second thing i look at the first thing i look at is your portfolio and so there's people sending resumes with no portfolio attached, and I've got 140 of these things to go through. Yeah. So I'm like, next. I've, yeah, I've been involved in hiring processes a lot too. And it's, a, it's so easy when you have a stack of resumes 
to just be like, if there's this one thing that they don't include, that goes in the garbage pile immediately. Instantly. So, like, portfolio especially, right? It's yeah. Like, it's like, no you portfolio, don't, have that. don't even, like, it's just garbage pile. Your resume, and, like, some of them laid out these beautiful resumes where I'm like, well, based on your resume, I'd give you a second chance, but I don't have time to ask you for a portfolio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, they'd have to be pretty amazing for you to be like, give me a portfolio. If they didn't include a portfolio, they're probably not that amazing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I don't know how anyone gets a job anymore other than sort of like who you know and word of mouth. Cause yeah, totally. I mean, even back then when I worked, <laughs> that was yeah. still how I got most, pretty much every, almost every job. And nowadays, I mean, yeah, like the, my resume is a joke. <laughs> it's like worked at a movie theater 2008, 2009 through present. I did nothing. How do you like that? But, you know, and, and this is where you get creative is like... Well, I guess I can say, like, yeah, freelance, video editor, DVD authoring, but that's all shit, too, that I wouldn't do for a million dollars anymore. Like, I hate it. I don't want to do it. Well, it doesn't matter, but that's what you say in the interview is, like, you know, I I just don't want to do that. I'm looking for a career change. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, the thing is, is, like, you've worked. You just haven't gotten paid for it. How well does that look like an interview? It's like, I'm interviewing for a job. You're like, I don't want to do this and this job and I hate it. Yeah, I don't want to do any job. Like, (laughs) even like, if there's one thing I would pinpoint as like what I do on like a world class level, it would be like those XO podcasts where it's like, put pit me up against Ira Glass. I dare you. You know, I'll crush his old head. But I don't want to do that under someone else's guidance. I don't want to be assigned some stupid story and go interview the homeless of Toronto and do a fucking story about it or some shit. I just don't want to. I don't want to, Joel. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, I'm not making you do it. I mean, Jesus. No, I, I, I like your problem to me is just essentially stubbornness and uh, you, you just have no ability to uh, be a bitch. Yeah. I guess. You know, like. Because as, as soon as you say I'm going to do something for money, you're you're basically saying I'm going to be your bitch to a point that's it, comfortable yeah. for me. And it's got to be. There's no motivation when you live for two, three years like this where you don't have you don't have to have a job. So then all of a sudden, and you still continue to not have to have a job. So what's the where's the motivation to get one? So I get it. Yeah, if somebody gave me a million dollars tomorrow, I'd be like, well, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, what do, yeah. I, what do I need that for? Well, if you ever find yourself in that position, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take some of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I guess, I mean, that really is speaks to one thing uh, to me, that you have to open a business. Hmm. Because you can't be anyone else's boss. Yeah. And then you're, yeah, it's true. You're, own, you're your own boss and you're creating whatever it is, whatever business it is, you're creating whatever you want to do. And if you find that you're like a bad boss, then you hire somebody to be a boss and you, you be an owner. There's tons of owners who are shitty bosses and they and the good ones recognize that they're shitty bosses and hire a, a boss. Like, uh, I think, uh, not not to tell tales out of school, because I, I don't know if this is the situation, but I think that's Elliot's deal at his bar is that Elliot's a good boss. Right. And the owner hired him because he's not. You know? I'd say even Elliot seems to me, strikes me as being a great boss. Yeah. It seems like he really knows the business and he knows what he needs to do from talking to him anyway yeah so I mean I don't know that's uh, that's my suggestion start your own thing yeah I could see maybe a coffee shop that's really all I could see although man there's this one coffee shop I mean obviously it's easy to talk yourself out of anything but this one place called uh, Common Ground I think it's called on college I always walk by mm. It's like so like what a coffee shop is supposed to be because it's always full of people like it's successful but every time I look in the window I'm like look at these fucking dick bags like I don't want these people hanging out with me all day in my coffee shop. Uh, it's true. It's true. Uh, and that's why I don't think I could run a bar cuz I'm just not a bar person. Yeah. So what what could you do? what could you do? That's a st- I got it. This blew my mind. I got to tell this story. Like it's so hard to find a bar that I like. Just impossible. Like this place we're at right now is by far my favorite bar in Toronto just because it's usually quiet and not full of retards. However, today it's, it's retard full night. of retards. So we're sitting out back when it's a little too cold for this shit and we're out on the patio and it's all like I'm getting a little chilly. Yeah. <laughs> idea. Yeah. So we were at the comedy bar to see Mike Kaplan last week. And I was like, this bar is pretty cool. Like, these people seem cool. And it's like, I can see hanging out here. And then after 
Mike's show, it turned into the shittiest bar I've ever been to. <laughs> so loud, just like ear-splitting loud, and they started playing that Justin Bieber song. His first one, the Baby Baby song. Yeah. Like, it's not even his new one where he tries to rap. At least that would be, like, a little funny to play or something. Just yeah. unbelievable. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Well, they had a, they, they, they had a dance floor that nobody was on, the loudest music ever. Everybody wanted to chat after the show and yeah. couldn't. Of yeah. all the places not to be like that, it's just inescapable. Like, why is the whole world like this, Joel? Joel, what's happening? Oh, God. Uh, help uh, me, Joel. You helped me once, now help me twice. You want me to. Damn it. Uh, dick faces. Uh, uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, maybe that's what you do. Maybe you open up, uh, maybe you open up a bar that you like. Maybe you open well, here's up a place my, that, uh, that, you know, for you to hang out in. Here's my idea for a coffee shop. I was thinking about this because the apartment I lived in that burned down, where <laughs> this is totally, Picard called our previous episodes the Rosewater Hour, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because he thought they were so boring. <laughs> but fuck it, this is what this show's gonna be. We can't fight it. This is what happens when the three of us are together, so... We had every Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> we had every intention of being funny tonight, but uh, well. I don't know, like I get the feeling if we're if we do do a trio show, I mean this is what it's gonna be like, right? It's yeah. gonna be more yeah. sensible talk. And, and gentlemanly discourse, right? It's just gonna... no, no, it, it is, because we're, we're all gentlemen. We're all classy. I'm sure we can, at some point, move away from telling Keith you should get a job. <laughs> well, here's my idea, do you, though, okay? do you really think I don't that? Know, though, I'm not sure. I kind of like this, though. I like this. This this is a nice little... I think this is a nice change. Like, yeah. well, the... I don't know. I still never heard back from this guy, but the reason we started this podcast, to reiterate the story, is months ago, this guy emailed us and said he was involved in setting up a podcast network in Toronto, and he thought... Countdown, our other show was funny, but we should reel it in a little. And yeah, like this, what he ended up getting is not especially hilarious, but fuck it, I think it's interesting. I know, I agree. I like I it. Well, good then, as long as we're all in agreement. So here's yeah. the thought I had about a coffee shop because the guy that I lived with for the one month before my apartment burned down, this guy Graham, he had like super expensive, he said it was like $10,000 or something, espresso machine, like the fanciest yep. of fancy. The, the, the one with the, the uh, eagle on it or, or whatever it is. And the reason he lived where he lived was uh, he got divorced and couldn't afford his old fancy apartment so all of his fancy shit went into storage and that was one of them so he's like I got this thing already if you were to open a coffee shop you can use my fancy pants thing I wonder if he'd still let me but anyway so I was like that's pretty cool I should I should look into that because there's always like storefronts on Roncesvalles and stuff for rent so I was thinking I could get just rent a place Mm-hmm. You know, paperwork, whatever. So that get his his espresso machine, and then just I thought the style could be. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's hurdle number one. You're like paperwork. Paperwork. You know, but, yeah, I, I think. I, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I th- I think you have a pathological fear of paperwork. I don't love it, but I'd do it if I had to do it. <laughs> All right. And then I was thinking, just the style could be just sort of. The, the tables and chairs wouldn't even be uniform. They'd just be what I got around. Just like, Sharp. just so they're all different. They're just found stuff. And it would just be like, just coffee. Like, that's all I got. I just got coffee. And not even coffee, really. Just espresso drinks and stuff. Okay. And, I, and I figured I could sell them cheaper. Although I don't think people care about that so much. But uh, uh, I care about that. Yeah. I mean, like a little cheaper, at least. Like, not $5 for a mocha. No, it but be if $3. I can get an Americano for two bucks, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Right. Uh, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. Because if you're going through the whole rigmarole of a lease and business licenses and this and that and the other thing, then obviously, and I'm there all day anyway, so of course I should have, uh, you know, a Coca-Cola cooler full of pop and shit and juice and crap. And I should have scones and fucking muffins and things. I should do, it just turns into a coffee shop. It's the reason every coffee shop is like it is, is because that's the only logical way to run a business like that. Except, uh, I'll, I'll set an example. Cherry Bomb on Roncesvalles is open from... 6.30 a.m. until 4. That's right. it. But they, they do bakery stuff, they, though. They do bakery, uh, but it's it's pretty limited. It's actually not a ton. Right. And all actually, they that do could is, be fun. Yeah. My yeah. <laughs> and all they do is espresso and uh, drip roast. Right. Nothing else. I mean, yeah, if you, if you were going to open a coffee shop, I would definitely recommend having some kind of food because people will buy it. That's all. I mean, like, people have coffee. 
it's not it, just to be the gimmick of not having coffee. You're gonna have all these people that want food and they just can't have it. Yeah, and, I just and, remember. And though, I hate to say, but baking is is you know. Well, baking for myself that could be fun because I'm thinking yeah. of the coffee shop I worked at in Vancouver, having to deal with getting all the bakery stuff delivered every morning, mm-hmm. and I had to deal with all that, and it just but and and it's really not. I mean, I guess it's all a grind, but you know, you make forty cents on every stupid cinnamon twist you sell. It's not a lot of money. It's just little nickels and dimes. Yeah, maybe if you're buying it, but if you're rolling your own... Yeah, that um, would be a whole different thing. You know, but then, I mean, then there's that whole headache of somebody has to get up at fucking... Uh, let's pause. Uh, I'm gonna get a beer right now. Oh, it stopped. Well, yeah, oh, I got a beer. Yeah, yeah. So just okay. to finish that thought, uh, dealer's choice. It cool. it ended up being that just because I could, you know, I mean, you could just rent an espresso machine. Like it didn't make sense to start a whole business because a guy had an espresso machine. That's the end of that tale. So. Uh, all right. You I've always said that I've always said that I've always said that in the east <laughs> I forgot the words <laughs> it's been a while I, they're the words are pointless. I, I kind of just made them up as I went. All right, so uh, lately I've been waking up at almost 9 o'clock on the dot every day, and my brain will make sure I wake up with increasingly weird and, uh, you know, d- distressing dreams. So let me tell you about this one I had this morning. I was in Vancouver, walking down Main Street toward Hastings. I'm already bored. Pain and Wastings. It's the worst corner mm. in probably all of Canada. It's horrifying. So I'm walking toward it. It's like 3 in the morning, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty fucking bad place to be, but whatever. I'll just, I'm, I'm, it's cool. I'll walk through. And there were some other people mulling about. Then the police all rush in, and it's clear they're doing some kind of drug sting thing, trying to catch drug dealers and users and whatnot. So everyone else scattered except me, because I'm like, I don't have drugs. All the people that scattered were black. Does this mean I'm a racist? Yes. And well, why, me, would that, why, would that, why would that make you a racist? Because that happened? That has nothing to do with you. This was a dream, Mike. Oh, shit. I missed that. <laughs> this uh, was a yes, dream you are, I had. Yeah. Okay, yes, okay. Especially because I've been to Maine and Hastings. Yeah, I've not no, seen a single black person who's me either. strung out. It's well. right by Chinatown. Yeah. Now, however, all the police officers were also black. Oh, wow. Huh? Okay. Everyone okay. but me okay. was black in this dream. So now what does that mean? That means mm. you're, you're reverse racist. But, but do you, <laughs> Is that the same mm. as being not racist? Yes. I think, <laughs> I think what you need to do is you need to go and you need to buy yourself like an Al Green record. Okay. You need to listen to that like maybe four, maybe five times. Then... He's the one who wanted to fuck everybody, right? Let's get it on. No, no, no. That's Marvin Gaye. Oh. Who the fuck's Al Green? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, baby steps. Baby steps. For anyone who hasn't never seen pictures of us, Joel is black as the day is long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, you, then you gotta go over to Honest Ads, buy yourself a dashiki. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> then you uh, then you need to go to the nearest Jamaican uh, fast food joint, eat, uh, what, two, three goat curries? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'd say four. To... I'd say four. Four? Yeah. Just to be safe. Because I think what's happening, Keith, is you're going to uh, metamorphosize. Uh, like a uh, butterfly coming out of a cocoon, you might wake up one morning. You've already got the dick for it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be black. And you're you're not going to understand why or how it happened, but I think this could be... This could be it. This could be uh, the am, change you've been looking for. I am an excellent rapper. Perhaps that's something I haven't, mm, yeah, that's <laughs> I haven't pursued. Maybe that's the career that's been uh, You don't have a job, so that's, uh, you know, that's... Does uh, anyone remember Project uh, Wise? Uh, no. I'm as good as them easily. Oh, sure. <laughs> that's okay. all I'm going to say. Kazer, perhaps? Anyone oh, yeah, remember yeah, Kazer? Sure. Kazer, yeah. Pedal to the metal? Absolutely. I could rhyme all over that guy's ass. Now, uh, I was looking through my notes. This is from ages ago, but I don't think it's ever come up on the air. Uh, Mike, you had a delightful story about tricking a guy into thinking you had ESP powers. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember even telling you about that, but it's been ages. This was in high school, 10th grade or so. 
I don't remember what the project was exactly, but do you remember those cards? Like, it's in Back to the... Sorry, it's in the, the first Ghostbusters movie in the first scene. Yeah, they're, um... What are they called? Oh, fuck. I, they, they have a name. There's, uh, there's like a... Yeah, squiggly line, circle, X. Yeah. Uh, mind then, reader cards. Yeah, yeah. You, you, hold the card, you hold the card so only you can see it, and then the person has to say what the card is, and there's maybe four or five different cards, or different shapes, you know, to test if they have ESP. Uh, Zenner cards is what they're called. <laughs> so, yeah, he was doing it, but he had, he wore, he wore, I think it, it, this is going to not bury the lead at all, but he wears glasses, big glasses, so I could see the clear reflection of every card in his glasses. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he, it just blew his mind because he'd hold up a card, I'd be like, without, like, mo- like before he'd even be like, what card is this? I'd be like, triangle, wavy lines. <laughs> wow. And it just blew his mind, and he was just like, I didn't even believe in this. <laughs> So, so do you think? Uh, Did you tell him what was going on, or does he believe it to this day? No, no, yeah, I, I, th- I couldn't hold it. I, I burst into laughter, and I told him, and then we showed, we showed it to uh, another guy, like another one of our friends later in the day, and the other guy was just like, the other guy was just like, immediately he was just like, I think you're clever enough to have been reading the, the reflection. It, and it's such a like, I, I would never would have thought of it, but once you said it, I'm like, that is so obvious. Do you think every person that's ever gamed the system and seemed like they had? ESP and history was just reading it off glasses, probably. Of course, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there. I don't know. I, not to get all James Randi on this, but, uh, but yeah, there's no fucking way that's that's possible. I, I like, I think telepathy exists, and it's called an iPhone. You know, because I can send you my thoughts. No, you're thinking of telephony. Oh, am I? Yeah. Sorry. It's different. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh tell- right. Of yeah. course. Man, I'll tell you one good thing about uh, being outside in very cold weather at a bar. These drinks are deliciously chilled. <laughs> they're very cold, and they're keeping you warm. Mm. So, okay, if you, if you could have a bullshit power, what would the... How do you define you, bullshit power? I, I would say like anything that um, no, any power that people uh, currently on the world claim to have. Because I already have my power, which we've proven. Uh, oh yeah, your microwave power. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you can always tell yeah. <laughs> exactly how long to microwave something. That's that's handy. Yeah. But um, like spoon bending, um, telepathy, ESP, um, speaking to ghosts, um, uh, heritarianism. Also, also good. What is, uh, what is that? It's when you claim to be able to live off the air. Yeah. Oh, oh this chick just died from that. In, uh, okay, wait, in Sweden. So back up a sec. Let's Sorry. Check. What is it called again? Eritarianism. Er- I've heard the term breatharian. Or breatharian. Where basically, yeah, they say they, they can get nourishment just from like breathing, like, you know, meditation and breathing and stuff, which is obviously bullshit. Who well, well, th- th- there's been some charlatans who have actually claimed this and, and said, oh, well, they haven't had anything to eat in like 47 it, years or didn't, something. Didn't something I mention like air and Big Macs? Like, I'm well, sure I said yeah, that yeah, yeah. 47 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, recently, in fact, today, I think I just retweeted this. Uh, there was a chick in, uh, I believe, Sweden who just died from being an Eritarian. Uh, she claimed that she was getting all of her, her nutrients from the sun and from the air and yet yeah, dropped dead. Hmm. So, yeah. You, you know why that happened? It's probably because she didn't eat anything. <laughs> oh, that, well, the, yeah. there, there's problem number one. It's just like, why, how can you, who buys into that? You're just ignoring not even like complex biology, just common knowledge. Well, this is, this is, um, this is the thing. It's called uh, magical thinking. But if you've ever met anybody who's gone on some fucking nonsense diet or who's, uh, uh, who goes for Reiki or what's the one, um, is Reiki? the one where they don't they nobody touches you and they yeah. just wave their hands over you yeah. and you know like any of that crap that's that's like a harmless level of it or a, a somewhat harmless level of it but as soon as you push it a little further suddenly like you you're like people are amazing at how stupid they are well i mean i think a great example is steve jobs where he would like absolutely just eat nothing but carrots for three weeks and then he's like cancer a i'll figure out a way around this and it's like no you won't <laughs> but, nope. he, but it was the proof that he really believed it he wasn't just faking like there's no 
better stage than that. But I mean, he I mean he had surgeries and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he had surgeries. And stuff. He had them too late though. Yeah. He spent like eight months doing nothing, oh, like really? pursuing alternative medicines and then even he admitted by right before he died like I should not have done that but he honestly thought he could find another way to deal with it while this cancer is just spreading everywhere fucking crazy he was legit crazy like just nuts well also if you're the guy who has solved so many sort of like functional problems in the world yeah you've taken over basically you you took over the world and you yeah like, and you're like well I'm clearly god so cancer <laughs> That's a small problem. Yeah. I can I can fix this. But even from a higher level, I think like or a more inner level, I think crazy and genius kind of go hand in hand. Like for sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's a fine line between crazy and genius. Yeah. But I mean, anyway, getting back to it though, uh, like what baloney power do you wish was oh, yeah. real? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if I just said and kind of meant it that I don't, I wouldn't be excited if I had a million dollars. What fucking dumb power is gonna? Who gives a shit? I really yeah, can't yeah, think of I any so. that I would want. Now, are we saying that in this um, scenario, I have this power, and no one else does, or this is just a power that this this whole world, everyone has it, mm. and then it's just we just accept it, and that's the world we live in? Oh, let's do both. Because I, I'd like to know what an entire world of, like, having one power would be like. Okay, so it's just like, you know, every person can hear. Like, if you consider hearing a power. Right. So it's just, that's, your world is based around that. Okay, so what's what's power? Like, super good hearing, you mean? No, I just mean in general. Like Okay, let's, like, if... It's, a, it's another sense that we have, or if, something like that. It's oh, just okay, something that everyone right. has. If everybody's telepathic, then it's just another sense, is what you're saying. Yes. So then it's... it's <laughs> like if everyone power, could, right? if everyone could turn invisible, I would think many rapes. I I would think so too. Although maybe it would be like why why bother? You know, I think you could always find a reason. <laughs> but I guess like society would have to massively be like massively altered just to protect one against mi- millions of <laughs> invisible assailants. Like, how would that? Okay, well, invisibility is a good one though. Like, uh, yeah, if uh, yeah, if everybody was had the ability to be invisible, wouldn't that that would make a lot of things obsolete? Like, like well, cops would be would be the point of having a police force. Well, maybe you'd just carry around like a, a, a mist bottle, where you could just be spraying all the time, just something, some fluid, colored fluid, just so you could oh, so like, see if someone uh, was there. It, there'd be a whole cottage industry of like uh, invisible detectors. Yeah, there have to be, right? Uh, yeah, or or yeah, like the cops would have to wear someone would have to invent some technology where you can see people or something oh and then and then yeah instead of like going through a metal detector at the airport you'd go through like a full fucking spray tank or something like permanent clothing like they'd embed your body with things so you couldn't go full invisible because you'd have to be naked to be invisible right so they'd just like bolt iron plates onto you or something well yeah I guess that would be like uh, ID right like uh, like you could live off the grid but then you you know you couldn't get service at a restaurant Restaurant and like unless you had like your your yeah maybe visible like, ID yeah. what, what are those called like metal armbands yeah gauntlets <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah. yeah but just for your your forearms you know just so you'd always see those I like this segment can we call it in a world finally this show is starting to shape up it's like getting its own identity yeah so in a world where everybody's invisible or yeah. everyone can turn so we say you can just turn invisible on a whim yeah 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 at will. At will. But because everybody does it, we've got all sorts of societal things in place to... Uh... Or are you are you imposing, like, you're basically imposing a system where if in today's world people could turn invisible at will, then we would do everything we can to make it more like this world. Would we? I, I would assume so, because you would want... I mean, if you th- if you think about like um, uh, how we track citizens now, we we do it through li- licenses and passports and stuff like that. I I would imagine if anybody could turn invisible at will, they would want to put some sort of system like that in place. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Just uh, just yeah. Just uh, for the sake of society working, like you can't close up honest deads every night and hope there's not thirty invisible guys yeah. still in there. You know. But then and then and then maybe maybe uh, the people who are truly able to turn invisible are like hobos. You know, because like <laughs> like suddenly there's this status thing about being you know like permanently visible in, in some respect. 
Yeah. Because if you're outside of the system, then you're you know then then you're like a like a homeless guy. Yeah. Because yeah, you're or right. a hippie. I mean, no you know. one would want to run a store or anything like that because people would just hang out in there and then after when they close, it's free for all. Oh God, there would be a whole society of like invisible hippies. <laughs> It's true, and they would never they be would visible. They would never be visible. Ever. And, and all you'd hear is like their fucking whole stupid life, just drums. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you would know they were around. You'd be like, goddamn hippies. You just hear bongos like coming through your store. Get the fuck they out of here. They would make hippie. drums out of uh, dead, invi- like people who yeah, died while skins. invisible. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they have their invisible skin and they make it into invisible shitty <laughs> instruments and have invisible <laughs> drum circles. Oh my god, that would be the worst. <laughs> and that's like, they're like, I've been invisible uh, for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pee again. Oh. I'm never turning visible again. I just thought of a, a uh, <laughs> I, I thought of a hole in that theory because okay. assuming that if people could turn invisible then it would just be you that's invisible. You, your internal organs, just your person. Right. So if you ate anything, you oh. just Presumably, you'd be able to see the food just floating around, and then turning it to shit, and you just see like these. But I would, I would imagine that there's some sort of um, like a, in this thing. Although that would be awesome because you would just see like walking poo. Yeah. Um, but in this thing, I I would imagine that like you know your your stomach lining, however it works, maybe it's just on your skin. So it, it's like. Uh, it, it, you know your internal organs don't matter because it's everything on your outward skin makes everything inside invisible or anything you touch so you'd still be wearing clothes and your clothes would also turn invisible all right so it's so it so this is making it more complicated so now it's not it's not that you are invisible it's more than it's more like you have some kind of shield around you that makes right it's it's like a field Field, because I like the idea of just floating shit, floating around the street. <laughs> I like that. Better. I, I want to live in that world. But then this would also say that like anybody, in, in order to be invisible, you also have to be naked. Yeah, which I, I which means assumption. no Canadian would be invisible during the winter months, except yeah. in the privacy of their own homes, right? Where they would love it. I used to wish when I was in elementary school that uh, I could just not so much be invisible, but I just wished I could just have people not look at me. Like I could just be inside a box or something. Like, and I would just hand my work out of it. Like, I don't mind being there so much. I just don't want to. Like, I hated being at the front of a class. I love being at the back. Just I hate that people can see me and I can't see them. It's but it's it's odd because earlier you were just talking about all the attention and adoration. Yeah, that's getting. true. That's true. I, I think I, I get that sometimes too, but it's I, I think a very good solution to that is just now it's common for everyone to just walk around with an iPhone and earbuds in. Yeah. Because right. I just don't want to talk to random people. I just want to do my day-to-day stuff without being bothered. Sometimes I leave my headphones in when I'm not listening to anything. Yeah, I do that too, especially like on airplanes and stuff, because that's when, for some reason, you're trapped in a tiny box and strangers feel now that you're going to be friends. And I don't want to be a friend. I want to listen to my music and... Unless you're really, really cute sitting next to me. Of course, yeah. Then, yeah, then I'm not interested. And I'm just too intimidated, so I'm still not interested. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather just kick myself forever (laughs) instead of make the move. So, okay, well, what about a planet of people who live inside of boxes? No, that's a terrible thing. <laughs> I was thinking, what about a planet where people have to piss all the time? I'm sure we'd have a lot more bathrooms. I would appreciate that. Oh. Keep what? feel more at home. He already has that superpower. What if urine was currency? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even finish that. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Urine. Well, why would it be? First off, because it has like amazing mineral properties or something. Sure. Like, uh, you know what? There are uh, there are hippies who drink their own piss. Well, that that makes sense because in some cases, because if you uh, ingest a bunch of uh, magic mushrooms, say it, you can get it again through piss and jizz. I think it's like the, it passes through. You can get a so you secondary can get high, high again on second dose piss. Yeah. Uh, so that's not just crazy. That but, is, but wouldn't you just buy more mushrooms? 
bathroom. So I don't know. Yeah, sorry, I mean, you got to be. I can't imagine being so desperate. No, I think I first heard that from my friend Erin in Vancouver because she, yeah, definitely is through jizz because that's how it happened. The first time is her and her boyfriend took mushrooms, and then she sucked his cock and, and got high all over. And got double high and was like, "What the fuck?" And then they looked it up, and then I looked it up too because I didn't trust this data because it sounded crazy. But yeah, it totally some some amount of it that's noticeable comes through. I, yeah, uh, which that makes sense. Although I don't see how that would make urine valuable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine why urine, like, especially if because because everyone can make their own. So yeah. like. I can't imagine any economy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, here's how. Here's how. Okay, I like it. You got to drink piss to turn invisible. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> and your own snap. supply is, like, just not enough. You get, like, well, you're, a minute. No, you're immune to your own. Yeah, you have to drink oh, someone else's shit. piss. Otherwise, you'd just always be invisible. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to make a weird sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, you have to drink somebody else's piss in order to turn invisible. Yeah. But does it have to be, like, mineral-rich piss? Like, if you just drink a lot of water, you're just pissing out water. Like, so you that would kind work, of, like, right? then you're, like, your hand would be invisible or something <laughs> oh man i don't know but i mean yeah god you'd, you'd have to really want to be invisible yeah but i mean i guess in this world <laughs> hey, well then the government would start being like what's the deal dude why are you stockpiling so much piss like they would try to keep tabs on it a little like it would be a controlled substance on oh some so level. Like, like suddenly urinals are like metered i knew yeah. we'd get to it the world we're talking about it's not just a world where people could turn invisible at will <laughs> It's, this is now the world where you have to drink someone else's piss to become visible. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, like I would watch that movie. I'm imagining. I would imagining. I'm thinking Tom Cruise maybe. It's true. Like, uh, yeah. Like, no, no. This is a this is this is a McConaughey vehicle. If you I think I this is, don't yeah, don't I you mean, feel like Jesus. Limitless was yeah? It was way too easy. Like oh, his brother-in-law happens to have a magic drug that makes you smart. It needed to be much higher stakes. No, it it's needed to be piss. or, or shit eating or something. Yeah. Fucking just like just eating another man's brains, like it has to be something fucked up. Otherwise, what's the value? It's not worth shit. Holy crap! Uh, it's my friend. It's uh, my friend in there. Topstick Mary. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! One, one Take another break. Break time. Should we, uh, anyone got any other things, or should we well, just wrap it up? Well, then let's uh, see if we can come up with one more topic, and then we'll wrap it. I mean, I got some dumb fucking bullshit. Okay, let's go. Well, this is an old note. Actually, I've had this note forever. Uh, the You guys hear of the Roxy True Companion? No. Sex robot? Sex robot. Sex robot. It's... So, uh, I mean, sex dolls have come a long way. There's, like... Uh, the real doll, you know, it's pretty real looking. It's not so bad. But this one, oh, just horrifying. Just, uh, if you ever look it up online, Roxy with three X's. <laughs> and it's extra creepy because the, the guy who made it, he said, inspiration for the sex robot sprang from the September 11th, 2001 attacks when planes crashed into the World Trade Center. Do they have to say that? When planes yeah. crashed into the World Trade Center in New York City. Yeah, not I'm the other sure. What? What? I'm familiar with it. <laughs> what, what, yeah, yeah. what happened? On what day? The yeah. Pentagon and an empty field in Pennsylvania. Little known fact, also on uh, September 11th, uh, there was a crop shortage. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. They resolved itself on the 12th, though. So. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, you said, I had a friend... Uh, Mr. Hines is the guy who made these things. I had a friend who passed away in 9-11, Hines said. I promised myself I would create a program to store his personality, and that became the foundation for Roxy True Companion. So this makes no sense at all, because all of the personalities are female. I just... I, anyway... Who knows? Who gives a shit about this guy's weird life? The reason I bring this up is I think he has pinpointed the five types of women. And these are the five personality okay, types that, that you can get for the Roxy True Companion with pleasant alliteration. And then can we also say, well, as you're going through, whether or not they're acceptable? Sure. Okay, so here it is. Here's all of womankind by boiled down. By acceptable, I mean whether or not you would want to have a relationship with that type of woman. <laughs> all right. Okay. How do you feel about Wild Wendy? Wild Wendy. I've met some Wild Wendy's in my time. Oh, right? she's a redhead. That's a little too open she's to a... interpretation, though. I don't know what that means exactly. But I guarantee she's a redhead. 
Uh, yeah, Wild Wendy. First That's of all, true. because Wendy, right? Yeah, you think exactly. Of I, 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 well, <laughs> the original Wild Wendy. <laughs> First of all, she's got pigtails. Yeah. Uh, um, and some sort of and, striped apron. And when you ask to grab her pintails and ride her like a bicycle, she's, uh, she says yes, because she's Wild Wendy. She yeah. doesn't even see why that'd be weird. And then you can be like, would you like to supersize that to a biggie? <laughs> she would like that, yeah. yeah. So no rarely. one wants a biggie. <laughs> yeah. uh, number two, Frigid Farah. Okay, no, oh. no, not for me. Frigid, frigid, oh, frigid. <laughs> See, like, this is so juvenile. Wild Wendy, Frigid Farah, his friend on 9 11. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the documentary about this guy? This makes no fucking sense. These guys are incredibly <laughs> fat. And you gotta look up this thing, the Roxy Robot. They're ugly. They're so ugly. That's where he's keeping his friend alive, is in the facial, facial structure of these chicks you're supposed to fuck. They're ugly. Ugly as hell. We're gonna need pictures for the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mature Martha. Uh, she's got big tits. Really? I think I feel like mature Martha is just like always correcting your grammar, grammar and shit. So yeah, so like she's like a, uh, a Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, real she's doll? like a like a Jessica Fletcher, like a <laughs> always solving murders. <laughs> she's always yeah, she's always solving murders. She's no, how does how did you, I mean? I feel like this is not. I feel like this is kind of a hacky thing, but like. She literally was writing novels and she's solving murders every week. Well, where does she live? Like, what kind of <laughs> shitty town is this? Move! What is wrong with you? Write your write your book somewhere else. Oh, that's what you're gonna get murdered. With Netflix, we've been watching tons of old shows, right? Like Knight Rider, fucking MacGyver, all this stuff. And uh, the newest thing was uh, my roommate Craig was just like, "Man, fucking Magnum PI is brand new on Netflix. Like, awesome! Who is ready to marathon?" And my roommate, other Keith, was like, "We should all grow mustaches and watch this show for like the whole day." And I was like, I I hate to ruin the roommate fun, but I want to watch one episode to remember a little bit what this show was like. And I'm good for my whole life. Like, just because they made eight seasons, we don't need to watch eight seasons. God, it's the same seasons. fucking shit. By the shit. way, how do you guys, like, how do you guys manage to live in the Scooby-Doo van the way you do? But I, wish, <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish I lived in your house. I'm yeah. jealous of you all the time. I'm it's like, a lot of fun. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to lie to you. But, I just want to, like, just show up at your house all the time and just be like, hey, guys, I'm here. <laughs> What are we watching today? Okay, so we have the Jessica Fletcher real doll. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, oh, yeah. we've got, we've got uh, no, gonna say. Wendy from Wendy's. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then we've got... Bridget Farah is from Cheers. She's fucking oh, Diane, that bitch. Oh, my God. No kidding. She's or, the worst. Or uh, Vera, oh, okay. Norm's wife. No, no, no. See, I, honestly, honestly, I would fuck Vera over Diane any day. Did, did we ever even see how Vera looks, though? She was just a bitch and she treated him like shit. That's all I knew. <laughs> yeah, well, like, there's not even a sex thing going on there anymore. That's where I feel like Diane is better. Well, I don't get why was Sam ever in to Diana. Like, I understand the Fraser thing. Like, she's probably just twisting Fraser's balls and he's loving it, but Sam doesn't have time for that. Oh, I don't remember this. So she dated Sam and Fraser? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she dated Fraser first. Because that's kind of how uh, Frasier was introduced as Diane's ex. There's actually a, a super great episode of Frasier where, uh, this is where Netflix is awesome, is all this shit is on it, where Diane comes back and she's doing her one her play that she wrote, and it's Cheers, basically, but the way she wrote it is her douchey fucking interpretation of everyone, so Norm is just like, I drink to cover up the loneliness of my life instead of fun-loving Norm. And, uh, yeah, she wrote Frasier as a total blowhard, which upset him, even though that's true. That's Netflix. Shirley Long, right? When you say Diane? <clears throat> okay, what's the, what, what's the Shirley next... Shirley Long, yeah. Yeah, what's the next lady? S&M Susan, who's like wild when he's not wild enough for you. So. How, is that, how is that a personality type? <laughs> S&M there's one Susan. person where S&M is that, like, that's the oh, whole identity of, of... There's five different types of women, and one of them is... Isn't it, though? That's so, a, so who would you model S&M Susie after? Uh, I don't know that I know enough people in my real life that do this, but this dude, I don't know if I should say his name. Well, he's in his, I think, late 40s. He might be 50, but I don't think so. Anyway, he got divorced, and he's got this whole new sexual lease on life because he's gotten into the S&M community, and he's learning how to, like, tie knots and stuff and do all that stuff. And 
it's bananas. Like he dates like two or three chicks at a time that are all in their 30s and are pretty good looking because they are just, they want somebody to tie them up. And it's, I guess it's hard to find. It's like a surprisingly tough thing to accomplish if you're a chick, but he's there to do it. And it's just, I feel like no. there's like communities online where it would be easy enough to sort that out, to find someone that matches, I mean, this day and age. Yeah, well, they, they did and it's him. So yeah, he's like, this is, this is what you do, man. He's like, he was coaching me a little bit. He's like, this is your, this is your second lease on life. If we, you just get into this whole scene and you're good. So what would the S&M sex robot look like? That's, that's my question. Like, have you seen Pulp Fiction? Well, so it's Uma Thurman? The, the Gimp. Oh, is that <laughs> Yeah, they all look like, uh, oh, what's the saying? It's this, this British saying that, uh, Bianca told me, uh, that I met in New York. What is it? It's, uh, about an ugly person that they have a face like a bag of old spanners, I think she said. But I don't know what a spanner is. So I don't know. It's a wrench. It's, uh, a spanner's a wrench. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a pretty great saying. I like that one a lot. And, uh, to finish it off, this is certainly not. Well, maybe it is a personality type. Young Yoko. Young Yoko. Yeah. Okay, so Young Yoko. Yeah, First of all, I'm... racist, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know, but I think Young kind of does fit because if you just want somebody who's just kind of not fully present in the conversation and is just going to go like, uh-huh, sure. That's but young, right? Yoko was kind of awful in the Beatles. Yeah, era. no, I don't, I don't think of that I, I, Yoko I, I, at yeah. all. Well, and current Yoko is is awful in a completely different way, which I actually enjoy. But I don't know if it's like... I think Yoko was more a wild Wendy, frankly. Yeah, I, I think, I feel like he just didn't, couldn't think of another Y name. And he just he wasn't <laughs> selling nearly enough mature Marthas, so he's like, I got a nail at this time. I need, I need to get this market sorted out. But yeah, so uh, that's our gentlemanly, <laughs> gentleman sex segment, is the five personality types of the Roxy True Companion. Ugly sex robot. Like it's the, the, weird, the weirdest part of that is the, the whole story about how it's a tribute to his friend. That's, yeah. that's fucked up yeah. to me. I mean, because I, yeah, I wrote this down just because <clears throat> of the personality types, I thought that was a funny view of what this guy thought was <laughs> the five personality types. But that 9-11 thing, I'm just like, well, I gotta mention that, right? Like, yeah. That is just bizarre. So I... I personally feel that those personality types aren't extensive enough and that there should be a sixth one. Mm-hmm. What, what's the what is one? your sixth one? Go. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> this Yoko. doesn't have alliteration. You're out yeah. of the I know, I know. R&D <clears throat> meeting. A lot of pressure. Uh, so, so, okay, we're making a sex robot. I think um, bipolar Betty. That's what bipolar, I. Bipolar. Wow. Uh, uh, psychotic Sarah. Um, <laughs> Even that the alliteration is questionable there, but I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I think that well, works. Would you create a sex robot that just, you know, cheats on you and makes you feel bad all the time? Oh, you mean every single girl? <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's all of them. Yeah, yeah, ch- uh, cheating. Uh, ch- Man, that's one thing too is like I really as far as as much as I would like to to, to pull it back to uh, the earlier part of the show like you know get out in the fucking city more and meet more people in Toronto or whatever I really don't believe that romantic love is a good idea like I'm fully convinced that just this because it's this uh, what's the word I'm looking for possessiveness right like my favorite way of having it described was uh Chester Brown, the cartoonist, was like, I don't feel that way with my friends. They have other friends. That doesn't bother me. But with romantic thing, it's like, you're mine. It's just me and you. And it just turns into death. Uh, Nightmare death. That. Joel, well, you can't say it, but I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, but the thing is, is like, if you're in a good relationship, you should be able to do whatever it is that you're supposed to do within, like, you know, like, you have obligations and, and whatever, but, like, outside of that, I don't know, you, like, yeah, sure, you enter into a contract where you're, you don't fuck other people, but, but, well, you know, I guess and, what all I'm and, saying is and other people don't, you know, like, there's, there's people who have, like, very open things. It's, it's not something, I guess, what, in good conscience, I can pursue anymore, because I don't believe that it and So you don't believe you can be faithful, or is it that you just don't want the jealousy thing? Yeah, it's not a sexual thing at all, it's just, it's just the emotional horror of it 
I feel like is inevitable. I don't. I think it's a fairy tale that that can be avoided. See, and then I, I think if you're two people who are like equal, then you have your own pursuits and your own your own shit. And um, like the contract might be, we don't have sex with other people, but it also means that like if you want to go to a yoga class, then I'm not going to worry about who else is in that class. Well, I guess part of it, too, I shouldn't paint it as a universal thing, but for me in particular, like, more and more, I'm really realizing that, uh, like, I guess people that are supposed to be together are together. Like, people find other people of that are of their same status in some way. Sure. And because of the weird-ass life that I have, I'm... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a little bit screwed. Yeah, I'm yeah. only going to date nutbags. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all there is to it. <laughs> but that's because you only date women. No. <laughs> well, like, I mean... I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> well, what, is, what is Keith McNally's version of female Keith McNally? Well, there isn't one. I don't think any lady would let themselves live the life I live. <laughs> You know, like I don't think it's coincidence. I, I that is disagree. I've seen some crack hoes that kiss. But I'm, but I'm, right? yeah. I mean, I'm borderline straight edge. Like so, that yeah, aspect yeah, yeah. of it doesn't work at all. Like it's not coincidence that every time I've dated somebody, instantly there are bookshelves and ferns in the house. Like the things I don't do, things I don't care about. It's in a woman is incapable of not caring about. So there has to be a different weird thing right that bottoms them out <laughs> and that inevitably is bipolar betty <laughs> you know i think you need a freedom rock girl what's that now uh you need a girl who's like politically active oh gives, no i don't no 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 gives a shit about things that you don't give a shit about which is like everything and <laughs> And it, it can like, it can annoy you like on a cute level, but I am so tempted. Like this was something I honestly really thought about: is to join OK Cupid and then go on OK Cupid dates and immediately call out every chick on the first stupid thing that they say and just see what happens. Because <laughs> I think that would be just, I don't know, man. Because because that's what I just. I mean, I'd eventually just find someone hard, strong, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, the stubborn? Stubborn enough or yeah, headstrong enough to just be like, well, fuck you too. <laughs> and then that might be all right. That might go somewhere. Huh. I, I, I do find it weird that you say that, like, his ideal girl would be a girl that loves everything that he hates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it would be a constant challenge. You, do you know what I mean? Like, it would well, just how be like... Is this, how is this a desirable relationship? A constant challenge. That's oh, how I describe any, any ideal relationship. Yeah, but, but like, we've... I don't know. Like, we've seen girls that are agreeable around Keith, and Keith is like, oh, she's uh, so annoying. So boring. Well, this yeah, is exactly. something that is I think is interesting. Me and my friend Matt were talking about just the, the man-woman dichotomy. And... I think he, you know, it's it's like that desire to try to sum it all up and try to explain it that is impossible, that everybody wants to do with everything. But uh, but what Matt said that I thought made a lot of sense is that it it's designed from the ground up to never be. You can never figure it out because that is what spurs the fucking the our species on is just that there's this constant friction that's what makes it exciting if we all just got along and understood males and females just understood each other Uh, then we're all just gonna not give a fuck to me this is a modern problem like in the old days you you got betrothed to somebody because it made good business sense Mm -hmm. you know like this whole finding your soulmate that this is the luxury of of our you know our awesome times right you know, so like really, yeah, mail order bride. I think that's where we're at now, Keith. Mm. <laughs> like just, just. Don't I need money though? For that? <laughs> Do Only you? I don't know. Like, like really, you're just they're marrying your country. You know, like... Do you I do need... have that. I do have Canada. It's <laughs> you know, a pretty like, good one. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm sure there's a nice Somalian lady who's just, like, itching to get with you because you live here. Mm. You know, I'm not I'm not saying she's not going to leave you as soon as she learns the language and uh, hangs out with other Somalians who may or may not kill you in your sleep. But until that point, it might be, it might be a nice ride. I've always said that. This is my favorite song, by the way. <laughs> 
fucking hate this song so much. <laughs> oh, this is that New York Empire And scene. <laughs> so yeah, we should wrap that up, right? Well, I, I did. I said I've always said that. Did you say I've always said that? I you did. did. Yeah. Just now? Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> We're done. Right before you said this is my favorite song. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good.